0: and welcome. Today is Wednesday, March 31st, 2021, and we thank you for joining us here on Fruit of Thy Spirit podcast. This is our Holy Week special series. Today is series part two. We hope you enjoy our last podcast about Lazarus and how Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, brought him from death to life. If you still haven't heard it, I encourage you to go and review it as today we will go forward on the events that led up to Jesus' Yeshua HaMashiachs from His crucifixion to resurrection. My name is Sister Noelia and I want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God. We will never ask for a donation because we want the integrity of the Lord's message to remain pure. We like to thank our music support by gospelriver.com as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to our program. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdom's podcast on Podbean on iTunes on I Radio, Listening Notes in L.A., and FM Player. Please download it and share it. The goal of our podcast is for you to consider the message of the Lord God Almighty. His time is at hand, and the Lord is on His mighty way. So we must draw closer to Him and consider His commands and to abide in Him and in His will for us. Please now, let's join together. And pause for a moment and pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Please, Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, please help us not to fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. we like to thank GospelRiver.com for the following, Depth of Mercy. Welcome, 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 brothers and sisters, to another Holy Week program. Today is our second series, and we have much to cover. So, after Yeshua raised Lazarus from the death, the people of Bethany were made witness to the power of God through Yeshua and celebrated their faith in God because they knew it was real. All the actions of Christ the Messiah, Yeshua. And they were his true followers. We're going to step back just a bit. And we're going to turn to John 12, 1-11. It's going to be read by our very own sister Yidra. I want you to consider this. This was six days before Lazarus' death. There was a feast. And it was there that his sister Mary anointed the feet with some special oil
1: to Yeshua HaMashiach.
0: And so we're going we're gonna to
1: begin here right now. Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of a spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? This, he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone, she has kept this for the day of my burial, for the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This marks the celebration of
0: the idea behind Lazarus' resurrection. And it's also where Jesus is about to face what he's about to face in the pers- coming days of persecution, so Holy Week leads us to Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is the resurrection of Yeshua Hamashiach. So we're going to reflect on Jesus's return now to Jerusalem, and His return to Jerusalem was a huge entrance because we're going to we're going to step back a little bit and we're going to look at Zacharias. Zacharias had great prophecies and visions. And his prophecies embrace both the first and the second coming of Christ. And he emphasized is largely upon the second coming of Israel's Messiah. Since the nation would ultimately reject Christ at his first coming. Certainly Zacharias, one of the Old Testament prophets concerning whom Peter wrote that they searched diligently to understand what... Or what matter of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. This is in 1 Peter 11. To them, they appeared to be contradiction messages between the suffering and the reigning Messiah, which they were unable to understand. So only with benefit of hindsight can we see clearly how these two aspects of Christ's ministry is reconciled. Christ's first coming fulfilled the predictions concerning his great sufferings, while his glorious second coming would fulfill remaining perfectly. The Old Testament prophets were unable to see the great valley which lay between the first and second coming of Christ. Since the New Testament age of the Church of Christ Jesus was then a mystery hidden within God from the previous ages. So, sacrifice Zechariah's first burden in chapters 9 through 11 traces Christ's rejection at his first coming in humiliation and grace. In chapter 9 verses 9, the Lord through Zechariah tells Isaiah to rejoice greatly, because their king was going to come to them, and just, and lowliness, bringing them salvation, and riding on an ass, the symbol of peace, not war, on a cult, the foal of an ass. As Matthew Gospel chapter 21 verses 4 to 5 records in the fulfillment at Christ's interest, into Jerusalem before his crucifixion. This marks Palm Sunday. So his second coming in glory when he will rule in peace over the whole world. So we're going to look at this for a moment. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on what we now call Palm Sunday. Palm branches, which symbolize triumph, a victory were strung in front of Jesus' path. He rode in the city. He rode into the town on an humble donkey. Fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your kings come to you. Righteousness and victorious. Low and riding on a donkey. On a colt, the foal of a donkey. The people welcomed him, echoing the words of Psalms one eighteen twenty five 25 through 26. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. More popularly recognizes as Hosanna, Hosanna. Right now, we're going to pause for a second, and we're going to read by Sister Yira, 12,
1: 12 of John. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees, and went out to meet him, and cried out, "'Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel!' Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, "'Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your King is coming!' Sitting on a donkey's colt, his disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word Hosanna originates from the word save. The meaning of the word eventually shifted to express for salvation. Just so you know this. And it is written in Matthew 21, 9. So the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. This is a pivotal moment in the history of humanity as a long-awaited new covenant God promised to his people would produce new salvation through Christ Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach's death at the cross. Praise God. Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Christ is far greater than any the mind of man could conceive or plan, as you can see it. In John 12, 16, even his disciples couldn't understand it. They couldn't grasp it around their minds. So you're looking for someone to fight their battles in the present day world. Who are you going to select? And, every, and it was Jesus, but we didn't know it at the time, of course. So the ultimate plan of God was to send his, his son to fight these battles for us. All, all the way to meaning to his death. And this is the greatness of why we celebrate this week. And it's the greatness of why we celebrate this forever. Because this gives us the gift of life. The Lord going to the cross. Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. This is why we are celebrating this week. Praise God. Okay, so now, brethren, we're looking at the Tuesday before Easter Sunday, before the resurrection of Christ. And so the next day, Peter noticed the fully withered fig tree. Jesus had cursed, to which Jesus admonished a lesson to have faith and recognize the power of forgiveness.
1: So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Praise God. Praise God. So Holy Tuesday was a
0: day of avoiding traps and teachings. Remember the high priest? Remember the Pharisees we spoke about most recently? We were talking about the betrayal of Christ. So we're going to look right now. There are some traps set for Yeshua about His authority to which He answered with a question. And then He taught the the three parables. So let's look at the first parable. The first parable is a parable of the two sons, which you can look at Matthew 21, 28 to 32. The parable of the tenants, which is Matthew 21, 33 to 46. And the parable of the wedding banquet, which is Matthew 21, 1 through 14. The second trap challenges Jesus. Alliance to the third trap attempts to ridicule him in his own belief of the resurrection. And the fourth one, and Jesus or Yeshua, answers by claiming God's greatest gift or command to be loved. Okay, so we're looking at as they're approaching the holy city, and these are kind of the events that took place, and the ca- the crowds are gathering near him in Luke 21 38.
1: Then early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him.
0: So you also had. Uh, Chief priests, scribes, elders, they were wasting no time. They were wanting to surround Jesus, and they wanted to test Him. So the first, the first trap was whose authority? By whose authority they demanded to know had Jesus carried out His actions the day before? We're, again, we're going to reflect on Mark 11:28. 28. Jesus did not take the bait. Instead, He turns the tables on them with His own question. He said, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And then he goes on in Mark 1130. If they responded from heaven, the next question is obvious. Then why don't you believe the one whom John testifies? So if they retort from man, then they're risking alienating the crowds that are in front of them. John in high esteem as a prophet. So Jesus offers them three stories. And we we just got through reciting them. The one about the two sons, the murderous tenants, and the guest at the wedding feast. All driving home the point that they are rejecting grace and truth in the service of a hypocritical self-righteousness. So we're going to go to Trap 2 now. Whose allegiance? The leaders of a new tactic. They send Pharisees, a Jewish sect known for its zeal for law, and the Heterans, who's loyal to Hethera dynasty, to ask him a question: Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, or not? In Matthew 22:15 to 22, Mark 12:13 to 17, and in Luke 20:20 to 26, if he answers yes. Then he shatters the people's expectation of him as Messiah, who will overthrow Roman rule. If he says no, he can be arrested for, for revolt. But Jesus defies and evades the either or dilemma. So the dinner run has Caesar's image on it. As long as Caesar is in power, it is appropriate to pay taxes to him. And we are also to give God the things that are God's. Since we are made in God's image, we owe everything, all that we have and all that we are to him. Pay your taxes and worship God. Uh, That was brilliant. Okay, so in chapter three, whose wife in the resurrection, after Jesus has silenced the Pharisees and the Heterians, the Sadducees, try to ridicule Jesus' belief in the resurrection by asking him a trick question about marriage in heaven. We look at Matthew 22 to 23 through 33, Mark 12, 18 through 27, Luke 20, 27 to 40. Jesus tells them they do not understand the scriptures or the power of God. This is God's self-information in Exodus 3, 6, 15 through 16 that shows that he is a God of living and not the dead Like others they smirk and they turn to marvel as they grow silent So we have another trap here, which is which commandment now the Pharisees set a fourth trap an expert in law to question Jesus which of God's commands is the greatest. We look at Matthew 22 through 34 and 34 through 40 and Mark 12, 28 through 34. Jesus summarizes his answer in a word, love. Now it's it's Jesus' turn to initiate some questions with those who are trying to trap him. When he asked them a question about Psalms 1 and how the Messiah can be David's Lord, no one was able to answer him a word nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Matthew 22, 46. Jesus then launch, launches a lengthy, scathing critique of the scribes and Pharisees, pronouncing seven woes of judgment upon these hypocrites and blind guides. We're going to turn
1: now to Matthew 23, 1 through 39. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees, sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works. For they say, and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men, they make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues. Greetings in the marketplaces and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Glory be to you, Lord. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted but woe to you as scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for you neither go in yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering to go in woe to you as scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you devour widows houses and for a pretense make long prayers Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is won, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it, and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it, and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God, and by him who sits on it. Woe to you, as scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithes of mint and anise, and coming, and have neglected the wafer matters of the law justice and mercy and faith, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a nut and swallow a camel, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and these, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleans the inside of the cup and this that the outside of them may be clean also woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you are like white washed tombs which indeed appear beautiful outwardly but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men But inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous. And say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Therefore you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murder the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her cheeks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Wow. This is a verbal assault.
0: And a rebuking on the Pharisees of these men that are high priests. And this really demonstrated Jesus' intentions, his agenda, his aims. He had no desire to ally himself with these current leaderships. He had come here to overthrow their authority. There was no way both sides can survive the escalating conflict. Either Jesus will assume power or he must die. And we know what it took. We know that it took Jesus' death to fulfill this power back into God's kingdom. So this was a day, a full day on Tuesday. It was a very tense-filled day. And Jesus and the disciples began to head back to Bethany. They stopped on Mount Olives to rest, giving them a wonderful view of Jerusalem as the sun began to set in the west. The disciples marvel at the size and grandeur of these impressive buildings, but Jesus tells them that a day is soon coming when not a single stone will be left upon another. He goes to explain that his followers will experience increased persecution, tribulation, leading up to the final day of judgment. But their task is to remain vigilant and persist in faith. Tuesday is done, but Friday is coming. This is Jesus in full control as He responds with grace and truth to trap all sides. He knows what He's doing, and He knows what is coming. He knows what He's going to face. Every word, every step is for the frame of His Father's name and the salvation of those willing to pick up their cross and die with Him. Hallelujah. So this brings us to Wednesday before Easter. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, he states that every day Yeshua HaMashiach was in the temple teaching. And it also, in the Bible, it states that every day he was healing and bringing hope to the sick. During the same time, as we just got through reviewing this in one of our former podcasts, Finding an opportunity of greed, Judas Iscariot, Satan entered him. Judas went to the chief priests and authorities, and from that moment he sought an opportunity to try to betray Yeshua HaMashiach. And he would soon betray him for the price of a slave, and the twelve would be scattered. None of the twelve would be left at the foot of the cross as Jesus dies, but John. Through his actions, Judas would betray every man who he followed for years because of these selfish actions. Okay, brothers and sisters, I want to thank you for tuning in today. This is our second series of Holy Week. Our third one will fall on Friday, Good Friday. We will be broadcasting again, and we will have the third of this uh, series, a podcast for this week of Holy Week. And we want to thank you and thank everyone for listening in. But I really encourage you to go back and follow these scripts and read them carefully and silently and just take it in. Take in everything that the Lord is saying in these particular scripts that led up to his death and crucifixion and also the resurrection. We would like to thank GospelRiver.com for the following song, Come Thou Fountain with Every Blessing. And I would like to encourage you to please catch us on Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio on Royal Kingdom's podcast, iTunes, iHeartRadio, The Listening Notes in LA, and FM Player. Once again, please catch us on this Friday, April the 2nd, on Good Friday. We hope you have a blessed week. We hope that your understanding and growth in Yeshua HaMashiach is growing more and more. encourage you to embrace these words of wisdom that come through these words that He Himself put in the Bible. God bless each and every one of you, and we'll see you on Good Friday. Good night. You've been listening to Fruit of Thy Spirit
1: Radio on Royal Kingdoms Podcast.